Welcome to So Sorry for Your Loss. This is not your average grief group. I'm Gianna Demedio. Thanks for joining me as we normalize the conversation around grief with the stories of those who've gone through it, a whole lot of humor, and a pinch of celebrity and entertainment news. Because fun fact, they grieve too. There's more to grief than that godforsaken dove flying over a willow tree on a sympathy card. I know you've seen it and know what I mean. Let's change the way society looks at it. Visit ssfylpodcast.com for more. Welcome back. Happy post-Halloween week. Are you completely overdone with candy? Are you still a little hungover from Halloween parties? Are you scared shitless from a thriller you watched? Well, however you spent Halloween, I hope it was wonderful. My husband and I went to an absolutely epic Halloween party that our best friends in San Diego threw and just a a phenomenal time. Like I said, in the last episode, we haven't really gotten into Halloween in the last few years. And this is our first year like dressing up again. And it was awesome. We had a really, really great time. Uh, I think Halloween also changes when you have a kid. And it's been fun with our baby. She was a puppy dog. Go over to my Instagram. There's a picture of it. It was adorable. Today's episode, Katrina Weller. She is English and living in Australia. So not only do you get to hear her really awesome accent the whole time, but she is a grief and loss educator. She lost her mom when she was 15 years old to cancer and after some time decided that she wanted to dedicate her life to helping others going through grief as well. So she's coming to it with personal experience, but also an educational experience from her training and how she works with clients on confronting their grief. So stick around to the end of the episode. She gives us three concrete tips on how you can confront your grief. Also, since she is amazing, she is giving our So Sorry for Your Lost listeners 10% off of one-on-one sessions with her or her online course called Growing With change. So head over to her website, katrinapricelerweller.com. There's a link to that in the show notes and type in code SSFYL when you're checking out for 10% off these helpful ways that can help you really confront your grief. She she knows that everybody approaches it differently. So that's why she's giving you the discount to either way that you want to approach it, the one-on-one coaching or the online course. And I promise you, once you hear her talk in this episode, if it's something that you've been thinking of, she is going to feel like somebody you're really comfortable with. She, she makes this really warm and a really friendly way of approaching it. So enjoy this week's episode. Here is Katrina Weller. You're joining me from Australia, which is super cool. I love it. So here I am, 4 p.m. in Laguna Beach, California, and it is the next day in the morning time for you. What part of Australia are you in? I'm in Melbourne. Okay. So the warmest part of Australia, which I did not realize when I first moved here. So I feel like I was tricked at school. Oh, no. <laughs> so it's interesting. You mentioned the Good Morning Podcast is one that I found and listened to love. And then there's, so that's from Australia. And then there's also the Grief Gang Podcast. She's from England. Yeah. And I started finding out that England and, and Australia, they're way like, how do I want to say this? They're way further on the grief journey and like bringing it forefront of society than the U.S. is. Like there is not as many public resources or at least ones that are focused to people in our age group, you know, the millennials. So when I got into this and I started looking up other things and people that were my age that were doing something similar that were fun and lighthearted, it was all people from Australia and from 
the UK. So I'd be interested to hear what you think, maybe like what your perspective is on Americans and grief, if, if you've thought about that at all. Yeah, no, I actually have. And I had this conversation with um, a friend the other day, Tamsin. She has a podcast, Not So Linear. She's English, but in Australia. And we actually thought that America and England have way more resources than Australia. Really? Yeah, which is really interesting. And interesting. I, guess, yeah. I, I don't know. So I, I don't know of that many in Australia in comparison to England. England has a lot which is mm -hmm. really good. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the resources I found were American. Oh, that's interesting. I guess it's kind of that whole, like, the grass is always greener on the other side, right? Yeah. <laughs> you feel like there's more on in another country to help you. But what makes it so cool about this digital age is that it's now accessible to anybody. Exactly, exactly, which is wonderful. And I wish that I had access to it when I was younger and really needed it. But I'm just exactly. glad Exactly. So let's take a step back for a second. 15 years old, you lost your mom and that really thrust you into this world. Did you have experiences with grief prior to that with any family members or, or friends or anything? This was your, your my, big, um, this is my big one. Like my, my grandma had died when I was about two and I don't really recollect mm. that. Um, I do remember grieving my guinea pig. Um, my guinea pig died. Oh and I remember gosh. being so upset about that and having nightmares and just being distraught. But oh. that's probably the only, only grief that I had prior to my mom, yeah. I was on another podcast. Chelsea Lloyd London is somebody here in America that's doing great things too. She has a podcast, Dying of Laughter. And one of the questions she asked me was, what was your goldfish moment of like, when do you remember being confronted with grief, I guess goldfish is a great way to approach that because for many kids, you get like a mini goldfish and at some point it dies and you have to, you know, get rid of it. And it's true. I remember being very upset about my goldfish and they're still buried in the backyard of my, my dad's house, ironically. But yeah, so you have a guinea pig moment. Okay. So okay. then tell me a little bit about your mom and what you experienced there. What was she like yeah. as a person? Oh, as a person, she was one of, I know everyone says this as well, but she had such a big heart. Um, she really was one of those people that welcomed in those of society who maybe were rejected and displaced. So she did a lot of work within refugees, uh, working with refugees. She also did a lot of work against racism. But then with school and what I remember sort of closer to home was she always made us make friends with the naughty kids the ones oh that no God. other parents wanted their kids to play with and she would always welcome them into our home she'd always defend them you know if other parents were like don't be kids near them um and she wow. just absolutely loved accepting people for who they were and where they were at um so she had such a big heart but she was also very straight talking she did not beat around the bush she was half german so you know very like regimented mm -hmm. in that mm -hmm. way but she did just have this softness to her as well which you know her smile is something that I remember the most she just had the most beautiful welcoming smile yeah just just made you feel warm inside and you what know? was her name Greta Greta oh that is a German name yeah <laughs> it was German yeah well, she's, yeah. she sounds lovely. I mean, that's a, you know, people can say like, oh, they were a really warm and lovely person. But in the very specific way that you explained her, I, I think I can pick up on that of like, you know, how she really wanted you guys to go out into society and change it by the way that you approached other people. 
And that's a a very strong lesson to instill into your children. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And it's a lesson that I only really realized in recent years, like Mm. on reflecting on her and what she did in her life. You know, it's not something that when you are pay attention to. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's probably something that comes with age, but also something that comes with grief. You know, you look back on things differently and you dissect I don't know if you're like this I will go back to a random memory that I haven't thought of in years because it was so irrelevant but now I'm just grasping for anything about my dad and I will overanalyze and just like take from it like oh in that memory he like had a Heineken beer literally that's what I remember that he had a certain type of beer and now every time I see it I'm like oh my dad loved that when like he didn't, he probably just grabbed that one because it was the only one left at the <laughs> restaurant or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny the things that our mind remembers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How did we lose Greta? What happened? Um, so she was diagnosed with cancer. Um, she had been unwell for quite a number of years with different medical things. Um, and we've been going to the doctor for a really long time. And sadly, they were dismissing her quite a lot. Eventually... We, we saw a, a specialist and yeah, she was diagnosed with cancer and then about six, seven months. The timeline is still quite blurred, to be honest. I think it was about six, seven months she died. And yeah, that, that was it. That was the week before my 16th birthday. So it was oh my rough. goodness. Yeah, pretty rough. And we had to, we had her at home. We were caring for her at home. She was in and out of hospital. It was, yeah, it, was, it wasn't, it wasn't a great time. Um, right. For a 15 year old, that's for sure. But And you know. what is customary in Australia? What do you do for funeral? Well, I was actually in England in, in, at the time, so I'm originally from the UK. So we moved oh, okay. To- yeah. Um, so in for, for the funeral, um, you know, because her family were in Germany, she wanted to be buried in Germany, um, she had a cremation. So that was kind of out of our hands just because of practicalities. But yeah, the funeral was two days before my birthday. Um, and then the week later, we went to Germany for another funeral. So we had two funerals. Oh, my um, gosh. I mean, the, her funeral was beautiful. It was more like a celebration of life. Um, everyone was wearing colours. It was it was a lot different to the one in Germany, which was probably more like the traditional funeral. Everyone in black and very, right. very sad. I didn't really understand what was going on. I actually resonated more with the one in England that was, because it was more my mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It should be more of a celebration of life. But yeah. I get it. It's hard. It's hard to even comprehend celebrating anything when you're in that phase yeah and it's got to be what feels right yeah and I think for us that is what felt right and that's what my dad really wanted to in fact he didn't even put it out there to people you know that were going to be wearing colors that's just something we decided as a family and coincidentally everybody else sort of did as well because that's Mm -hmm. how they remembered my mom so it was a really natural occurrence which I think was really nice because it just showed that people were doing what was right for them rather than following like the shoulds and the musts oh that's really sweet So we, you know, we like to always talk about that there are many various forms of grief. And as this has been something that you've been dealing with, you said 10, 11 years now. Another thing that you had mentioned was dealing with the loss of identity and the loss of self. And I forget if you had said, was that from a relationship that you were in? Or was that from just other things that were going on in your life at the time? Tell us a little bit about that. Because I think that's a a huge thing that a lot of people go through. And it doesn't really get a lot of attention. And because people think grief, and it's like, oh, I had to have lost somebody. But it's not you can turn inward and look at your own self yeah exactly there's so many different forms and quite often the the forms of grief that aren't bereavement are under acknowledged they're not 
validated and therefore people actually can't process them and don't process them when they should because they don't actually realize it's even grief so Mm -hmm. I'm all for bringing a voice to this but with the loss of my identity it it was an accumulation of death of my mom but also an abusive relationship so I was Mm. in an emotionally and sexually abusive relationship for three years and at the age of 22 I is when I left and that in itself brought so much loss and a lot of the time it's misunderstood because people can't see how you would have feelings of grief towards a person who could hurt you Mm -hmm. because of the complexities that are involved with abusive relationships there is so much grief that goes on there even though you know it was the right thing to leave even though you know that the things that they did and the way they behaved was not right there is still so many levels of grief there that you have to unpack and you you don't always know who you are when you come out of that situation because you've lost yourself within it essentially and that was quite hard to navigate and it wasn't you know it wasn't just from that as I said it was from the loss of my mum for eight years I carried this identity of all I am is the girl whose mum is dead and that is Mm -hmm. all I am and all all people see me as and so for eight years, this is something that I lived with and didn't speak about until, yeah, the age of 22 when I thought, I need to change this. This needs to change. Yeah. Well, good for you for being brave enough to get yourself out of that situation and, and for realizing that. I'm interested to know, what was your perception of how people treated you when you were grieving your mom versus grieving the relationship? With my mom, I guess there was a lot more sympathy, empathy there, a lot more love given to me, a bit more understanding. There was still, after eight years, a lot of disconnect from it. People would be like, well, why aren't you over it by now? Mm -hmm. And I think that added to this loss of identity because I was thinking, well, why aren't I over it right now? Like, surely I should be if everyone is telling me I should be. But I do think there was, especially in the earlier years, there was a lot more understanding and kindness um, and compassion with the abusive relationship, it was a bit like, well, why are you even upset? Yeah. Like, you shouldn't be upset about that. This is, you know, you're free from it now, get on with your life. And they don't deserve your grief. They don't deserve your tears, which, you know, I guess to, to, to some degree, no, they don't deserve it, but I deserve it. I, yeah. I needed to feel that. That's something that I needed to feel and I was right to feel and okay to feel. but. Yeah, there is a bit of a disconnect there for people's understanding because all they saw is that person hurt me. And I asked that question because I thought that was going to be your answer, that unfortunately people were not as willing to share that empathy when it had to do with a relationship or with somebody who is still here. Um, Definitely, especially the ones that are not necessarily so tangible, you know, like the loss of identity like we're talking about. It's hard for other people to understand it. I mean, shit, the whole reason we're here, it's hard for people to understand grief in general if somebody dies, let alone if somebody doesn't die. So yeah, I kind of figured that would be the answer. Thanks for for clarifying that. But I, I really like the way that you put that in saying that person may not deserve your grief and you, for you to be sad, but you do. You're allowed to have that response. That's very powerful. And it wasn't for them. I was grieving for me. I wasn't grieving yeah. for that. I was grieving for the things that I had lost and the loss that I felt. And, and and I think people just couldn't wrap their head around it. And also they didn't acknowledge it as grief. You know, they just acknowledged it as a breakup. And right. 
Right. So, so there was the disconnect there as well. Yeah, definitely. So you have since continued with your life and really wanted to to tackle each of these things. They clearly had such a profound effect on you, which I can resonate with. I mean, I started a whole freaking podcast because of it too. But you've gone on to become a grief coach and an educator. You have one-on-one coaching. You have an amazing course that you've created, Growing With Change, helping you navigate move through loss. Tell me about your work there and how you've helped some people along the way. All of this has happened in the last two years, really. I had a lot of people asking me just in my own network for the support, especially over the last two years, just asking my perspective. And it kind of grew from there. And I've been able to work with people, you know, who have experienced bereavement, but also those who have experienced the loss of relationships. And they're actually, I absolutely love working with people in that space where it's a different form of grief because quite often when I work with with those individuals, they haven't even acknowledged that it is grief. Mm. And you can see in that moment when somebody actually says to them, especially one who they know has experienced a bereavement, the loss of their mom, says to them, what you've experienced is grief. You can see the moment in their like mind, in their eyes switch. And all of their emotions, everything they experienced, all of their reactions to their experience suddenly make sense in their mind and then they're able to process it and I absolutely love doing that but the reason I offer you know one-to-one and this online course is because I understand people are at different places Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and people respond and have their own way of navigating grief it's not Mm -hmm. a one-size-fits-all which you know you'll know and I'm sure the listeners will know as well it's not one-size-fits-all and it's about exactly providing support for each individual and where they're at and what they mm-hmm. need in that moment. I love that it's like you're you're able to give these people permission to grieve. You're like opening that door for them and saying, hi, this is actually what it is. And here are some resources that can help you. These resources that you didn't think you were allowed to touch before, but you actually are. Yeah, and that's what all I needed. And that's why I know that it can help so many other people too, because exactly. eight years, I did not have that permission. And then when I finally received that permission and also gave myself that permission, because that's a big one, giving yourself the permission, that's when I was able to get to the point where I'm at now, where I speak freely about it. And I feel like I'm living alongside my loss rather than my loss is overshadowing my life. Yes. Yes. I, I feel like I've gotten to that point too. I don't know that anybody told me that I could eventually get to that point. I then was left feeling like, okay, well, this is it. This is how I'm going to feel forever. I I wish somebody had told me that it would be okay. And that eventually, as you said, you can live alongside of your grief. It's not something that encompasses your every single day. Exactly. In those early years, it's not something that you necessarily want to hear because you're, you are so engrossed in your grief that mm-hmm. when somebody says, oh, the pain lessens with time or it dawns with time, you just like, shut up. No, that's not what I want to hear right now. I just want to be in it. And I think yeah. it is something that to some degree you have to realize yourself and you have to acknowledge yourself rather than somebody telling you it all happened but again it's all individual so I think that's what I needed but others may find it helpful if we do you know share that with them what's something that you wish somebody would have told you at the beginning of your grief journey you don't need to be strong Mm, there was this big thing of you know 
be strong for your mom because my mom was such a strong force of nature it was like be strong for your mom she wouldn't want you to be sad and I think for me it was just to have somebody to say it's okay to feel what you're feeling especially as a 15 year old trying to navigate hormones and education trying to find out who I am just as a 15 year old to then have people tell me how I should and shouldn't be feeling was really difficult because it made me feel alienated in in my grief I thought that the way that I was feeling was abnormal I didn't think that it was really loud crow sorry about that it was normal I thought you had a pet duck for a second (laughs) the birds in Australia are wild the noises they make is a bit extreme and yeah so I didn't think it was normal to be feeling the way that I was and I wish I just had somebody say to me it's okay it's okay that's a really great message because I think being strong sometimes can denote don't feel don't think about it. Don't be too emotional. And that's like the antithesis of what you should do. Yeah, exactly. And to be strong, what does that even mean? You know, to feel isn't weakness. To feel it actually takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of strength. So, you know, this whole notion of being strong means you don't show any emotions. You just keep pushing through. I think it's a load of crap. And it's something that we need to stop pushing out there to people. Yeah, hell yeah, sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the, the tips that you give to the people that you work with on how they can confront their grief? First and foremost, it's compassion. If you're going to confront your grief and you're going to go head on in it, because you can't go around it, you can keep trying, but it will keep going in circles, um, is to have some compassion for yourself and for others as well. Um, for yourself, because it's heavy, it's uncomfortable, it's it's not an easy thing to do. And sometimes we can be so hard on ourselves and, and have all these expectations and pressures. So give yeah, yourself- definitely. A not a bit, a lot of compassion, a lot of compassion. Yeah. And then also compassion for others because grief does have a ripple effect and it does have a ripple effect to those around us. And sadly, those who have not experienced it, they just don't know what to say or do. And that mm-hmm. needs to change. It does. But I was that person once. You know, we were all oh, that yeah. person. Also, just to have a little bit of compassion, that's not excusing certain behaviors and certain things that are said sometimes to those who are grieving, but just a little bit of compassion as well for those around you. Um, I still can be that person. Do you feel this way or am I just crazy? Because like I've made this my life to talk about this in public and there are still people that are going through a certain type of loss where I'm like, I, I, I don't even know what to say. Yeah, no, 100%, because we don't always have all the answers. And we know that grief is so individual. So even still, even though we talk about it all the time and we share what's helped for us, we don't know that that's going to help for another person necessarily. Even even recently, I had a friend, you know, she she lost her baby and my sister has lost a baby. So I've had something very close to me, similar situation, very close to me happen. I sat down and I was like, I don't know what to say. I yeah. actually don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I was worried that anything I would say or do would be the, the unhelpful thing. And I think in that moment, that's where you have to recognize it's okay to say, I don't know what to say. Yeah. I, yeah. I think you're totally right. I mean, I, I am sure hundreds of people said that to me. I don't remember the people I remember are the ones that were silent. Yeah. Yeah. Or said something that was hurtful. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But usually the silent ones. And I think that's, that's one of the biggest mistakes with when 
someone who's grieving the people around them they think saying nothing is better than saying the wrong thing when actually yeah nothing is worse it feels like they're being ignored right definitely Okay. Sorry. I got us off track. So back to some tips, some tips for confronting grief. I just wanted to check in if I was mentally insane or if other people that were grieving also felt that way. <laughs> okay. So we're, thank you. For we're that. all a little bit insane, aren't we? Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so the first one is compassion. The second thing is connection. So whether that is connection with other people or just connecting with your own grief, finding a way that allows you to connect in with it safely and in a way that feels right to you in that moment. Um, I think that this is always going to change. And I think as time goes by, the way that you connect with your grief changes. And um, mm. sometimes you'll want to speak to people about it and you'll just want to tell everybody everything about your grief and the person that you lost. Other times you want to keep it a little bit more personal and more just reserved for you. So we really explore yeah. what that looks like for you in connecting with your grief, connecting with others and how you want that to look. For me, Personally, I am a big, big advocate for journaling. I think that it is a really powerful tool that we can use because it's something that we can keep for ourselves. There's never going to be any judgment. We can write what we want. We can, you know, put in there what we want. We can scribble what we want. You know, a lot of the time I don't even write words. I sometimes if I'm in the mood, I'll just like scribble on the page and that that feels yeah. like a piece to me. And it's also something if I choose to, I can share it with others. I can say, look, this yeah. is what I this is what I'm feeling and it just lays it all out there and um, with a bit more clarity for me because in your head yeah. sometimes you get all jumbled you know oh um, absolutely yeah. I want to add to that too a way that it helped me was being able to look back on it and seeing how far I came yes like feeling so the pain of my words and then realizing oh I don't feel that deeply about it right now or I'm actually okay in this moment that I was writing about or thinking about that or, or whatever so it's a good benchmark yeah. for yourself too. Exactly. And it reminds you that emotions are fleeting. It reminds you that mm-hmm. in that moment when you were feeling that, you thought that that's all there was and you thought it was going to last forever and you were just so consumed by it. And then you read back on it, whether that's even just a day later and you think, oh my goodness, I don't feel like that anymore. And it reminds you that they are fleeting, even if they feel like they're lasting forever at some point. Yeah. You can have a different emotion in there. Um, so journaling is just a huge thing, but it's that, that thing of connection and whatever way that feels right for you. And then the last thing that we explore is community and the power of community and having mm. people around you that yeah. so don't huge. try and fix, don't try and, you know, always give you an answer, but actually just sit there and let you feel seen, feel heard, feel witnessed in your grief, wherever you are at in that. It is so strong because to be able to connect with somebody like that, sometimes I feel like maybe that, you know, what we were talking about level, like that pressure to say the right thing, all of those things get lifted once you're with somebody that, you know, kind of just gets it. Yeah. If I were to meet you out in public somewhere, and if somehow we started talking about it, which I mean, when I say somehow, I mean, there was a 99% chance that I would somehow bring it up because I love talking about my dead father. Exactly. So (laughs) I brought it up and you said, oh yeah, I lost my mom too. Like there's immediately something that I know that not only we can bond over, but like we have this understanding. It's almost like I just feel safer with that person. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's such a powerful aspect of grief to have that community. And, you know, that's, this is why I love the way that social media is at the moment is that it's provided this community of people that you've never even met face to face. You might never even see yeah. 
but they provide a level of comfort because you realize that you're not alone even if your stories are completely different you experience yeah, you're on the opposite side of the world from me right now it is wednesday afternoon for me it is thursday morning for you and here we are chatting about this i freaking love it social media connected us it's so great it is it is so you know whatever that looks like for you whether that community is in person whether it's just simply one person it doesn't have to be a handful of you know hundreds and hundreds of people just one person that you can connect with that you have that feeling of community with and you know there, there's so many options out there now as you were saying especially in the uk there's so many things um and hopefully soon in america and in australia and everywhere else in the world there will be more too but it's realizing that you're not alone and i think i think the overarching theme when i work with my clients is it's not about resolution it's not about finding an end point it's about Mm. accepting and acknowledging what has happened and knowing that it's still okay to have emotions attached to it it's still okay to feel that grief whilst also accepting it whereas i think sometimes we think that we have to find a resolution to our grief we have to find an end point and if you're constantly searching for that end point yeah. you, say that you, you won't find it right and you're setting so yourself up for failure yeah and it's painful and unfortunately a lot of society tells us that we need to find an end point, but we don't. Really helpful tips. Thank you so much for sharing those. And I, I can only imagine how happy your clients are to find you because you, you put everything in a very simple way in a very warm way and the world needs more people like you that are that are willing to help in this way so i appreciate it so much and i appreciate you you being here where can people find you oh and i wanted to say you talked about social media for connecting but even just for validating some of the feelings that people have you've been doing so much great content on there some really funny and helpful reels so i want people to definitely check you out on social where can everybody find you what's your the best places to find you on social yeah instagram is 100 percent the place where i am so you can find me um, at katrina lp weller which i'm sure you'll put in the show notes but yeah for yes. me i am all about showing that living with grief isn't just sadness it's also happiness and joy and finding laughter and i bring fun to grief, which doesn't seem like it should go hand in hand, but it does. And no, um, yeah, yeah, that's how I want to live. You know, that's how I want to live alongside my grief is with fun and laughter and joy. Um, and I hope that I can give that to other people too and show them that that's possible for them too. So Instagram is the place to be. Instagram is my home as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's just, the, it's just which is how we found each other. We're neighbors, technically. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. I just find, you know, that that's where I go and that's where I find comfort. So that's where I provide my content as well. So if anybody wants to reach out, I'm always keen to chat. I, you know, I reply to everything, so. Well, wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. All right, we'll talk soon. Bye. Thanks for listening. Head over to Instagram to follow more at So Sorry with Gianna. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave that five-star review. I would love you for it. More to come on this season of So Sorry for Your Loss. So stay tuned.